This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Now this week marks one year since Kaitiaki occupied land at Pukiahua Pa, Naroa Wahia, to protect it from development. To update us on the campaign to protect the site is Anate Tomanupo Trust Chair Kimai Huirama. Morena uh, Kimai. Morena Kelly. Thank you for joining us again here on Free FM. Um, why is Pukiahua so significant for Nati Tumainupo and Naiwi, um, in, in your view? Uh, in my view, if we go back 300 years or so, um, and I go back about 10 or 11 great grandfathers, uh, uh, my tupuna, my ancestor Tekete, we was the Ngāti Tamainu Port Chief of uh, what we n- now know as, as Ngāroa Wahia. Uh, so Pukiahua Pā was the principal Ngāti Tamainu Port Pā um, in the 1700s, and it was located on one of the highest points um, in the Ngāroa area, um, excluding the Hakarimata Ranges. Mm. And so this was a thriving Pā community, uh, and during that time, Kete, we used to keep the Waikato Maniaputo Alliance uh, truly alive. Of course, they married married their children. And so Kete, Iwi's eldest son, Tua Kotara, was betrothed to a Maniaputo um, woman who descended from uh, the great chief Maniaputo. And um, there was this arranged marriage. But, you know, as, as it happens with parents and their intentions around their, who their children should marry, um, the, the Maniaputo woman instead fell in love with a younger brother, Ngairi. And so the, these two lovers uh, disobeyed their parents' wishes and they married and returned to Pukiahua Pa Ngarowahia. Um, of course, nine or so months later, a child was <laughs> born, and it's a good time to reconcile um, with with um, your parents when things like this happen. And so, uh, Ngāti Tamainupo, uh, which is part of the Waikato Iwi Confederation, invited the chiefs from Maniapoto to come for for the um, ceremony to name the child, and their invitation was accepted. And so we had this uh, union, this event, this uh, celebration of two iwi, Waikato, um, being Ngāti Tamainipo and Maniapoto, that came together to celebrate the birth of this um, shared mokopuna. And from that feast, um, Ngāri called out Wahia Ngārua, which is open up the food pit, which is um, how Ngārua Wahia takes its name. And um, the Hakarimata was also named due to the mounds of uncooked preserved kai that was served on the day. So um, the significance of Pukiahua Pa um, really stems from the fact that these stories have persisted over three centuries and are now um, names that are uh, carried by every resident, every business owner uh, in Ngāroa here. So, so for us uh, as a hapu, um, Pukiahua Pa has huge significance. It was really about 
returning to those values of manaakitanga, looking after people, um, partnerships, and also that ability to show your your care and your manaaki for others by being able to um, provide them with sustenance and, and kai and to be able to grow that from your own whenua. So, um, you know, as we look at Ngaroa here today, um, those same values um, are something that the, the hapu would like to see continue as, as we look at the community of Ngaroa here today. The hapu is still here, has been here for 300 years, um, but, you know, the, the changing landscape of our land and, and this town um, means that we can look at how those values can be applied in, in today's context and then moving forward looking at a future for all of our, our mokopuna, what that may look like um, a century, three centuries from now. That kind of intergenerational thinking. Uh, so for us, that's what the cultural significance um, is around Pukiawa Pa. Of course, um, the part that is protected at the moment is that high peak where Ngāti Tamainu Pō would have had um, you know, our maraiatia, where our formal practices, our ceremonies would have taken place. But in a thriving community, um, you also would have needed tapakainga, housing, marakai, you know, your own gardens to be able to sustain a community. And so Pukiahua Pā would have been spread out um, over a significant area of land to be able to sustain a thriving community um, back then. We didn't have the modern conveniences, of course, that we do today. So you had to grow your own food. You had to catch your own food. Uh, and, of course, we have the two beautiful awa, Waikato and Waipa, uh, which is, was Highway 1 back in the day um, <laughs> and also provided more more kai and more food. So it was very abundant in resources. And, and and when I when I listen to that, and I and I hope more people do um, hear the stories of why um, the Fenu is so significant uh, to Nati Tomainupo, but all of us as well. Um, the, those stories of uh, Kai and Manakitanga and the coming together. I think that I think that's really significant. I, do you feel as if over the last year of you protecting um, Pukiahua that uh, lo- the community is starting to get a better understanding of how significant the area is? Yeah, I believe so. I think that if you see any group who is really passionate, passionate enough to be um, voluntarily, without any um, you know, remuneration, um, staying because they're so passionate about a cause, um, that would, you know, catch people's attention um, and it certainly has uh, created this sort of environment where people are asking why. Mm. Why is this so significant? Why are you so passionate about um, being here 365 days on? And, and for us, um, you know, this hasn't only been a campaign of reclaiming whenua. It's about reclaiming um, whakapapa, histories, narratives, uh, and, and everything that, you know, um, makes us as a hapu, um, who we are, mm. who we are. It's not just about the tangibles of, of land. Um, it's also about identity and belonging. So, mm. um, you know, we think it's great that, that the community are wanting to engage and learn more. Mm. Absolutely. 
Can you tell us about the Mo Whenua movement and where Pokiahua fits in that context? Yeah, sure. Um, I sort of, you know, I sort of relate it to everyday life, you know, and there was, I always remember someone saying, you know how like when you're pregnant and then you start noticing all these pregnant people everywhere that <laughs> yep. you may not have noticed? Mm. Um, you know, or you've got a red Civic, Honda Civic and then suddenly you see them everywhere. It's, that's what it's been like for this campaign. As soon as you, as soon as we engaged in our own campaign to protect Benua, we started um, being aware of other campaigns happening around Aotearoa, and and they were noticing others as well. And so, as you do when you've got a common common interest, common agenda, you start reaching out and whakapanongatanga, which is building, making connections and building relationships. And so um, the Mo Whenua movement came out of that making connections, um, co-papa with other noho whenua or occupations happening around Aotearoa that we started to see commonalities around, um, you know, basically injustices that had happened, um, which had led us to to where we are in each of our occupations. And so what we thought would be a great idea is to come together, look at those commonalities and look at how we could use our collective leverage to start addressing um, some of these systemic issues that Mm -hmm. have um, been, you know, been the same amongst all of our our occupations. And so um, it's been fairly recent, but we have put out a a, a collective media statement just to say that these are some issues that we would like to see addressed um, by government, by the Crown and um, we are we stand united mm. Mm. And, and is that coming together again um, as well which is so strong um, what are the next steps for you with um, Pukeahua in terms of uh, I mean, I know it was probably a, a week or two ago you had um, excavators trying to get back on site again. I mean, what's happening at the moment? So what's happening at the moment is that we had uh, um, a victory um, and that about three months ago we had gone to a hearing um, called by the Waikato District Council um, where an independent commissioner heard evidence from each of the interested parties to do with a consent that had been issued during lockdown last year mm-hmm. and consent for um, the land that we are protecting um, for the developers to start excavating and doing earthworks. And so um, the outcome of that hearing is that the independent commissioner um, sided with us, with our view, and cancelled that resource consent for the developers to start earthworks. And so it really validated that um, with all of the evidence from each of the groups, um, an independent, neutral person was able to say, look, there's been some wrongdoing here. And um, he decided to overturn that resource consent. Now, that that just validates for us that our evidence, um, our paper trail tells a story, tells a story that um, someone who's hearing it can can say, look, that's not right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us, this 
this campaign has been really at its most simplest form about what's, what's right and what is justice. Um, so that's still carrying on through the courts. Obviously, the developers um, have, a, have um, appealed that decision, so that's going on at another level. So yeah. we were very surprised when two or three weeks ago, while this is carrying out through the legal system, um, that there would be, you know, an, an action by the developers to, I guess, you know, cause a bit of friction because mm. we, in essence, it's still carrying on. So, um, yeah, so that happened last, uh, a few weeks ago. However, at that time, we had been planning ahead as a hapu to say, look, one year's coming up since we started this campaign. Um, we're not waiting for other groups to come and come up with a solution. We've been really proactive. And so on our one year, sort of um, marking our one year, it had been our intention to provide an alternative vision for Pukiawa that did not include high-cost housing. Mm. Um, and, and remembering this is the sixth and final stage of a large housing development in Arawahia. Five stages have already been built and um, dedicated to houses, high-cost housing, um, for families who can afford it. Um, and that was with Aikimai Huerama, um, the chairperson for Nati Tomanupo, who are currently occupying uh, whenua at Pukiahua Pa in Naroa Wahia. Um, they, they are hosting a public uh, public meeting this coming Thursday, 6 o'clock, at the War Memorial Hall in Naroa Wahia. So you can head along there and hear more about the vision for the whenua, um, if we can keep away the uh, that six stage of the development. Of course, you can head to social media to uh, follow um, the campaign, Protect Pukiahua. They've now been um, on site for a year this week, uh, protecting that whenua and uh, the uh, the really rich histories that um, that have been told and were shared with us this morning about that land and, and what happened there. And those stories, I I hope that more of us can hear and uh, and take on. And uh, yeah, um, you can find out more on, on social media. I feel very strongly about that. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.